All right, Riverbend, welcome back to another Sunday at home. We hope that you're doing well. I know I've been saying this a lot, but I, I genuinely miss seeing you, and I hope that you're doing really, really well. Our leadership team is praying for you day in and day out. And before we launch into a conversation in the scriptures, I just wanted to let you know a little bit about what's coming up at Riverbend. We've launched Care Cruise, and if you haven't seen that, please go look at our website or follow us on Instagram or Facebook because there's lots of really great things happening with that. We're also doing a bunch of times of prayer together. You can check that out on the website or on Instagram. Uh, and in, in addition to that, we're also, um, we have a special podcast that's been, uh, that's being released every Tuesday and Thursday. And I've really had a great time recording these podcasts and it's all about um, following Jesus into a world in crisis. How do we be wise and loving neighbors in the wake of everything that's happening. And uh, we really believe that this is our moment to, to really stand up and to rise up and redemptively approach COVID-19 by loving our neighbors really well. So all of the things that we're doing, we're sort of having to retool the church all in one go, like in a really short amount of time. But we really believe that all, all the things that God is leading us in is actually going to result in some amazing, amazing fruit. So thank you so much for staying connected and engaging in all of these sort of radical ways. So I've been saying this um, since we've been at home, that we we have to practice social distance, distancing. That's a good thing, but we don't want to be isolated. So be radically present to your brothers and sisters. Another thing is that next week is Easter, and certainly we did not plan to do Easter from home, but that looks like that's what, that's what's going to happen. But I'm really excited about what we have come up with. So we're going to have a video teaching for you and also some worship from our team. There's going to be a, a kid's video as well. And we're just trying to have as much fun with it as we possibly can. The th whole idea is to celebrate the victory of Jesus and that Jesus has risen again. And that means we have this brand new life and we're actually living in the victory of Jesus now. So uh, look for that. We're going to have it available for download or um, to, uh, to listen on Sunday. Sunday morning, Easter morning, April 12th. And we, I also want you to be ready because I am coming at you with a very strong call to action. Um, in this moment, um, we have never seen an Easter like this before. We're probably never going to see an Easter like this in the future. And I just genuinely believe that this moment is a call to action for the church to see God's kingdom come in a really unique way. I think revival and awakening is coming. And so we want to come to you with a very specific call to action, um, in particular around Easter, because this is the day where we celebrate Jesus' victory. We want to participate in his victory together. So um, just with those couple announcements, please stay tuned on Instagram and Facebook. That's really where we're giving out a lot of this info. But um, just love you guys so much. And now we are going to dive into a teaching from the scriptures I have with me today in our conference room, which is our makeshift podcast studio, <laughs> some really, really special guests, Sierra Hollister, who's on our team with Alpha. Hey, Sierra. Hi, guys. How are you? So good. Glad that you're here again. Thank you. You've been a part of multiple of these conversations in the scriptures, and I'm glad that you are here again. Thanks. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Cody's naked faces. <laughs> we also have... Cody, throw me off. <laughs> yeah, we also have... Cody and Jake Hollister, <laughs> who are uh, Sierra's brothers, and uh, we just recorded a really fun podcast on their football career. If you don't know who Cody and Jake are, they, you guys both play in the NFL. Cody, you play for the Tennessee Titans, and Jake, you play for the Seattle Seahawks. 
And you guys, thank you so much for being a part of this chat. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And thanks also for making faces at Sierra so she feels <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, actually, I've been wanting to know this. You guys, so if you don't know Jake and Cody, they're twin brothers um, playing the NFL. You guys are burly, burly guys. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Do you intentionally intimidate the guys who want to date Sierra? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <I> mean, yes. <laughs> yes to just about any guy. Unless he's a high quality, Jesus fearing, God loving man. Yeah, and, and if he is, which is few, we would let him in with open arms. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. I, I would hope that you guys would intimidate at least a little bit. Oh, we definitely do. Yeah, I feel like they naturally feel that. So yes. a lot of times I'm trying to comfort them a little bit. <laughs> I think we caught bad cop. Yeah. Yeah, good cop, bad cop. We go. both do the bad cop thing, it doesn't turn out too well. So. That's awesome. And how do you receive that sort of intimidation, Sierra? Is that a welcome thing or do you wish that they would kind of cool it? I used to be against it, <laughs> but now, I mean, I'm really grateful for it. Honestly, yeah. they're always talking about how, yeah, I mean, when it's the right guy, it'll be the right guy and it'll, mm. it'll all work out and they'll click. That's it great. has to be able to hang with the bros. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that's awesome. And, um, we talked about this. We recorded a podcast right before this. That's going to be released a few days after this podcast. Um, but just all about your guys's football career and how following Jesus in the NFL has changed you and shaped you. It went so well. I can't wait for you guys to hear their stories and their testimonies. Um, but I'm really glad you stuck around for this conversation too, because we're just going to go through the scriptures line by line together um, and so, um, yeah, I'm pumped about that. So, um, let's do this. Um, why don't we, we're going to read through the passage, but before we do that, why don't we pray? So Jake, would you mind yeah. opening up, opening us up in a word of prayer? <laughs> Father, thank you so much. Uh, just for this time, I'm sitting here with my, my siblings, uh, doing a podcast and I just never could have imagined, uh, beyond things that I'd be sitting with them uh, and Andrew. So it's just such a blessing. I pray that you will just cover this time and speak through each one of us, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Um, I have a heart for the kids right now that are in abusive homes uh, because they look forward to going to school and get out of those situations. So I pray for a covering over those kids. I pray for um, every family that is going through a tough time right now, uh, that they would just lean on you. I pray that those that you are calling to act right now will act, and those that you are calling to rest will just rest and rely on you and love you, Father. Hmm. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So if you're just sort of joining this conversation, we've been going line by line through the book of Ephesians. And really the story leading up to this point is that Paul is revealing through Christ this brand new mystery that has been sort of, he says, withheld from previous generations. But the end game is that God is going to unite everything on earth and with heaven. And so um, we have this thing, this, this hope that we're looking forward to. And then he goes on to say that the church is actually meant to be like this prophetic witness that that is what's coming. So the church is meant to live as a completely united church, one body, one family. Um, and we're sort of getting to the end of that section. And we're going to pick up in chapter four um, after Easter, going through line by line of what this actually looks like. So Paul gets really practical in chapters four through six. How do we live as one body, completely united? But before we get into that there's this passage that Sierra is going to read for us. That is a a, a really uh, it's a it's an important bridge between the first 
part of the book and the second part of the book. And it's just this beautiful prayer for strengthened love. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about it and then talk about how we live it. And then we'll pray together to close. So Sierra, would you mind uh, just reading through the passage starting in verse 14? Yeah. Says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, not to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably mm-hmm. <laughs> more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Mm. Oh, man, that's so good. I love it. Um, so let's go back up to the top and just sort of work through this line by line. First of all, Paul is praying to a church or for a church um, that is probably going through some kind of moment of disunity. Remember, there's Jews and Gentiles, and most likely they're not getting along, which is one of the main reasons why Paul is writing this letter. And so before he talks about how we can actually live as one church, he says, uh, first, I'm going to pray for you guys. You guys yeah. need prayer. Um, and uh, so he says, for that reason, and that's the verse 14, for that reason, I kneel before the Father. Right, so it's this beautiful posture of coming before the Lord um, with in submission. So, talk to me about that, you guys, about submission to the Father and how that interacts with our life of prayer. Yeah, I'd say even how he puts it for this reason: I kneel before the Father, and and we were just talking about it before this, but kneeling before the Father is really a good heart posture for us, of especially in this time, specifically this time of COVID nineteen and it naturally puts us into that state of submission to God right. and remembrance of Lord, right. we are actually not in control of my yeah. life yeah. of not even my own breath. Mm, and so right. to kneel and say, God, you're granting me every breath that mm-hmm. I'm even to have. So before this prayer, even saying, grant me the breath to even say this prayer, you could go as deep as saying that. Right. So I love that posture of just saying, I kneel before the father and that he will grant me even my own breath. Yeah. But, Oh, Cody, you make a great point. I think this moment in particular, especially because we live in this really um, progressive kind of era moment where um, we live in this sort of utopian world, or at least we we did, where, um, you know, we've got, you know, $4 coffees in front of us. We've got a really great life. We live very comfortably. Mm-hmm. We can go out and buy a lot of the things that we want. And so there is this myth or there's this, you know, per- misperception uh, that we can kind of control our totally. lives. Mm-hmm. And we're sort of masters of our mm-hmm. own destiny and you guys um have experienced a ton of achievement and success in your life you're you know the one percent of the one percent of the one percent of football players Mm -hmm. and that you're both playing actively in the nfl right now so it's easy for people like you in particular um not to put you on the spot but for you guys to feel like no no i i i'm in control i'm I'm a self-made person um but one of the things that i've appreciated about you guys we talked about it a little bit in the other podcast we recorded that you don't necessarily have that attitude about your guys's career and about mm. your life even but that you really see this as something that god has given you as a gift and that you are in fact in submission mm. to yeah. the father yeah i feel like it's so easy to get 
to a successful point in your life. Mm -hmm. um, like this year for me, I had a lot of success. And look back and be like, man, I'm so pumped that I did that for myself. Yeah. And look at all that stuff that I got through. But mm -hmm. really, that's not the case. Mm. Like, I'm really just so in awe of what God has done, mm -hmm. um, where it's just unbelief. Yeah. I just, I, I can't, I yeah. couldn't write a story like he's done in my life and right. like he's done in all of your lives. Yeah. Um, and to look back and just be like, God, I'm so in disbelief of what you've done or unbelief. Yeah. Um, you've just done so many incredible things in my life. Yeah. That's so, that's so great. So yeah, Jake, you, you play for the Seahawks and you had a breakout year this last year. Um, really incredible things, a few game winning touchdowns and just incredible, incredible job. And let's not like immense words. Like you really have been on this uphill climb to be where you are. You put in a ton of work over the last 20 years or more, mm. you know, just to play football and you're absolutely amazing at it. But yeah, you're right. It's the, the God has given you this gift of life and now he, you're making the best of the opportunities that he's given you, but really it is the Lord. And you were saying to me before we hit record that you've <laughs> actually had a different relationship to prayer in yeah. this last year than you had in previous years. And I think, especially given the conversation that we're having now, I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we do a chapel before every game the night before. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll do, a lot of my teammates will run out and do a prayer on the field before the game. And for so many years, I didn't even realize it, but um, our chaplain was giving a sermon and it was so eye-opening to me because for so many years I used prayer before a game as like a good luck charm. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. It was eye-opening this year to know like guys on the other team are praying too. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, the, only, I'm not the only one praying out here. Yeah. Um, and he loves those guys on the other team just as much as he loves me. So yeah. just praying for God's glory mm. over anything rather than mm. my own success sure. uh, was sure. a big shifting point this sure. year where I just wanted God to be glorified. And um, if the cherry on top was winning, that's completely fine. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Touchdown here and there. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a big turning point for me. This just in my prayer before games. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible, man. I love I love that. And and I think that's sort of what's represented here. To pull it back to verse 14, Paul is kneeling before the Father. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about that posture as like a an act of submission. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that you know, God answers prayers differently if we're on our knees or if right. we're standing or where, wherever we are, but it's about the posture of the heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about, Jake, is yeah. that your, your heart is actually growing and expanding to understand what it means for you to live in submission to Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even, uh, me and Cody have talked about when you run out, I had to really check where my heart posture was. Cause, um, Throughout this, before this year started, I started thinking, do I even want to run out and get on a knee in front of everybody? Am I doing it because of the show? Mm -hmm. Right. Or am I doing it because I'm praising mm -hmm. God? And then I was like, well, I really do want to just praise God in that moment. So that's yeah. when I just started going out and um, just kind of putting my blinders on and just mm -hmm. getting down on my face right. in the end zone mm -hmm. and just yeah. being like, God, this is just between mm -hmm. me and you. This really has nothing to do with the people looking at me yeah. right now, but I mm -hmm. still want to praise you. Wow. That's yeah. so cool. Same same action, two different postures. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah. calling out the Pharisees and say, you know, lifting yeah. your hands and you know yeah. wanting to be seen by people, or or you can lift your hands in true praise of God. And so, yeah. same yeah. you can do the same action with uh, two different heart postures and wow. two two completely different things. Yeah. Oh man, I love that. Thank you guys for sharing. And honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you have to listen to the one that's coming up because you guys are going to see that these guys' hearts towards Jesus is so amazing. And especially given the success you guys have had, I, I find it really admirable. I'm I like 
genuinely really um it's an honor to be friends with you guys and appreciate everything that you're bringing uh both to your teams but then also to the riverbend community while you're here back in bend um so let's look at verse uh 15 so this is he's sort of getting into the the meat of his prayer if you will he says from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name now especially given where the like where the um the letter has come from like remember we're talking about a church that's probably fighting and at least just between jews and gentiles and he says hey every family in heaven and on earth derives its name from the father mm-hmm. right um, i love i absolutely love that i think there's something there for us to just notice about unity within the church um, and I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on that in particular, because um, we have all been called by the same Father. So, of course, we've got all kinds of differences, maybe even differences of opinion, um, differences in theology. Maybe we've actually hurt one another deeply, and that's a real thing. Um, but we all come back to the same place because we all call the same God Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you can take this like macro to micro level. So looking at it from the in heaven and on earth. Yeah. I just thought of a conversation Cody and I were having this week um, just about like singing praise with the angels, like holy, 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 just to like sit there. We were just sitting at the table and just experience this moment of like, oh, my goodness, that's so cool that when we Mm. worship, like Mm. we're joining that Mm. and how cool it'll be to like actually be there one day but um so yeah that's just what came to mind for me with that like we Mm. we actually Mm. are unified with them Mm. it's like we should be excited about Mm. that yeah oh i love that you know one of the things that we've sort of lost in our particular stream of the church is that there are the more orthodox um like liturgical churches like the roman catholic church and the russian orthodox church and eastern orthodox churches and stuff where they will actually every one of their churches across the whole world are doing the same exact liturgy, the mm. same exact scripture, the same wow. exact prayer um, on any given Sunday. So they all sing the same hymn and, mm. and go through the same passage. And there's something really beautiful about that, about the mm. macro scale of the unity of God's church. And it's very easy for us to talk about this like one-to-one, person-to-person, the people that we know. And I think that's important. We need to get there. But also, I love the point that you made, Sierra, that it's actually it's about something even bigger and grander than that, too. Like we're all joining into the same worship of Jesus as King. Yeah, mm. that's great. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Cool. Um, all right. So um, there's so much we have to get to. So we're gonna have to keep flying. <laughs> uh, verse 16 uh, says, "I pray that out of, out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being." <laughs> okay. So so much there that we need to talk about. Um, what's sticking out to you guys? I know we talked a little bit about this sense of like the inner being being strengthened by the spirit. What is that? How is that significant to you? Yeah, I was uh, when I when I looked at this verse, the first thing I thought of is the world that we live in today. Um, we're so stimulated and overstimulated with social media, um, comparing ourselves to people, um, and so focused on our outer appearance. And mm. this is a time where we're all being forced to be in our homes and yeah. really think like, how am I doing? Like, how's my inner self doing? And Cody's right. talked about that too. Um, just to, when you were out at the hike or you were out at our spot our lookout spot. Um, but just being forced to sit there and, and have a talk with God and be like, 
how am I right now? Like, how am I in my relation with you? How am I internally right now? Rather than how am I presenting myself to everybody? Yeah. Which yeah, is pretty yeah. cool. I, yeah, it's so interesting you use the analogy of social media because it's like this classic, especially in our moment, I think we're wrestling with this now more than ever, is that we're so interested in the image that we're projecting to everyone yeah. and it has almost become like this carefully curated self yeah. that we're like posting yeah. um and rather than and then yeah like you said we're forced to especially being that we're at home right now most of us anyways um and under self-quarantine all of our normal rhythms have been shaken up that this is actually a perfect moment for us to slow down, mm. really enjoy the presence of God, and really think about that. Like, not what am I portraying? What mm. image am I portraying? But who am I becoming? And yeah. it's a much different question. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And I love how he's just, he's also gearing us up for what's to come. Yeah, right yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's right. Just so you know, what's about to come will only come through the power of the Spirit yeah, within you, right. the inner being that you have. So from what we're about to read yeah. of saying this will only come by the strength of the spirit. That's mm-hmm. right. How he hits on that too. Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah, he's teeing it up to of course talk about the love of Jesus, right? Which mm-hmm. we're going to get into the nuances of that in a minute, but it, yeah, that we actually need strength from the spirit in order to really fully grasp everything that God has for us. Um, also we're seeing again this phrase that we've seen a couple of other times before, his glorious riches, mm-hmm. which I've used the, um, like going back and looking at sort of the history and the context of that, those words in particular, it's about like a storehouse. So I'm thinking about Fort Knox of just being filled with, you know, gold, you know, floor to ceiling. And, and, uh, that's the image that the, the, the writer wants us to get here is that, that the riches of God are just completely, uh, innumerable and it's out of his riches that he's strengthening us and giving yeah. us what we need. So there's like more than enough. He's just like, mm-hmm. he's got so much for us. Um, and I, and I, I wonder if we could just kind of help people who might actually be feeling like, um, some of us have this concept of God that he's like withholding mm. or that he's far away that we don't have what we need. And I think people may be tempted to feel that maybe now more than ever, especially those of us who've experienced ad- the adverse effects of COVID-19 already, um, where they've lost either lost their job or, or whatever. Their business looks a lot different than it did a couple of weeks ago. Um, that we have this temptation to, to like actually um, see ourselves as, as, as orphans. Like we don't actually have anyone taking care of us. But According to this verse, that's really not the case. So what would you guys say to people who are maybe feeling something different from what we're being Mm. told here is true? You know what I mean? Like the scripture, we believe, we trust it's true, but we're feeling something different. Like what, how do we reconcile those things? Yeah. Well, I love what you said in prayer just before this, I wrote it down. You said, rescue us from the small visions we have of you, God. Mm. So that's exactly what I would say. Like if we feel limited by this. Uh, experience just it's so much about perspective and like we were just talking about in the last podcast and stuff too like just seeing it as an opportunity like in this moment there's opportunity for growth Mm. in some way whether that literally means like shutting down and taking a look at yourself Mm -hmm. um, and your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with the people around you or it is just like going for it Mm -hmm. after something else like the Lord will make that clear um, just once you're like stepping into that with mm. him. I love, I love how you said that yeah. because the, the thought of really knowing 
that God withholds no good thing. Yeah. There's a psalm that talks yeah. about that. that That's right. He withholds no good thing. And to really believe that, you can release control. But if you don't believe that, you try to take control and grasp. Mm-hmm. Huh. And so if you're in this time and you truly believe God withholds no good thing, then you can release and say, well, I can trust my fathers who says that. Mm, that's right. But if you don't believe that, then you're going to try to grasp everything around you, which yes. is such a good picture of yes. grasping everything in the store, yes. panicking, and yeah. not to not to avoid wisdom. Yeah. But I'm just saying yeah. it's so natural to start grasping when we don't believe and try to take control of something that God says, I'm taking care of you. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's so good. I often use the analogy that you can generally tell when kids are well taken care of by their parents. You can see it in their countenance. You can see their confidence. Like my my son Judah, who's two, he wears this uh, this superhero cape. That's like (laughs) what does do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally, I was putting him to bed last night. He goes, "Dad, I need my cape." You know, and he'll walk into a room and he'll just like have his cape on, and he's got so much little little. Kid swagger and oh so much my. confidence, yeah. and uh, it's cute. It's his personality, and I'm, and it's just he's in a really fun age right now. But there's just this sense that our kids have of just being well loved and well cared mm. for, um, even though we don't have a like our family doesn't have a lot to speak of. But um, our kids don't worry about mm. what they're gonna eat, and they don't worry about if they're gonna be okay or if they're cared for because they experience that mm. from mom and dad. And I know a lot of people, that's not their story. And a lot of people come from broken and, and, and hurting, hurting situations. And the, the point is that our, our father is good. Mm. And he is, he's not withholding good things from us. And mm. he is caring for us. And so we can actually, we don't have to be uptight and worried about whether or not we're going to get what's coming to us. God is going to take care of us. Mm. That's good. Thanks, guys. Um, all right, verse 17. Uh, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That's a word I want to talk about with you guys. Dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. <laughs> so it's mid-sentence, but let's stop there for a second because I want to go back and look at that word dwell. What does that yeah. mean? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith because that's important. Yeah, the word dwell is just so so powerful um, because he's telling us he's going to stay there permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, if we abide in him and yes, and it just means so much because, um, I know that so many people have experienced fathers who come in and out of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus is saying here, like, I'm, I'm, I will go into your heart and I'll stay there permanently. Like you can't do anything to get me out of there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, if you abide in me yeah. and have faith in me. So, mm. um, I feel like that just gives so much peace mm-hmm. to people, mm-hmm. uh, just knowing that Jesus is going to be in there to stay. Yeah. Um, come on. That's so good. And that's, uh, that is something that we see all throughout Scripture as like a promise. Like like Paul, this is one of Paul's like favorite things to talk about. Like, hey, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like God is dwelling with you. And that's like a, that's a promise that he's never going to leave us or forsake us, right? Um, in fact, that was one of the last things that Jesus said before he ascended to the Father, after he rose from the dead and before he launched the church, was I'm with you always, even mm. until the end of the age, right? Mm. Love that promise. We need to cling to that. And and then we were talking about this before we hit record, like on the other side of that coin, there's also like a promise from God and there's a commitment from mm-hmm. us to abide and to remain with him. Yeah. So talk to me about your guys's like own personal habits of like, what does it look like for you to practice the presence of God or mm-hmm. come to the Lord daily and um, just enjoy this promise that Jesus is with you always? Hmm. Well, for me, at least recently, uh, Sir, so actually, Sir so gave me the book, 
Um, try not to insult me, but it's called. Oh yeah, Joe Mars book. Yeah, yeah it's um, so good. She handed it to me when I was in Nashville. You need this. I think we were doing like three nights in a row of like seeing friends and going to random places. He's an extrovert. I'm an introvert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she handed me this book. She's like, you need to read this. It's <laughs> probably when she was exhausted. From it. <laughs> um, but reading that, I loved it because it reminded me that of the importance that Jesus is a savior and he's also a teacher. Yeah. And so to not only see him as a savior, but to follow mm -hmm. him as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so um, rereading the mm -hmm. gospels in a mm -hmm. way of saying, Okay, how can I follow Jesus in a way that mm -hmm. I'm his apprentice and follow yes. him in every single way that he does? Yeah. So, um, and how he wakes up and not saying I'm doing all these things. Yeah, yeah. But just to say, I want to step, and I'm, it's taking me so long to read through Matthew right now because sure. I'm like, okay, I'm going to read these and then do them. Mm. And so you can take one scripture and be like, I can't mm -hmm. even, I'm trying to do this. Yeah. But to even apply it, I'd yeah. rather, re I heard this pastor say, I'd rather reread one scripture and yeah. apply it than yeah. read many. And oh my gosh. It. Yes. And so truly reading scripture and say, okay, I will do this. Yeah. 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 Um, not by word or talk, but yeah. in truth. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I'd say just for mm -hmm. me right now, at least abiding in the fact that like, Jay, I need to follow Jesus in a way that I say mm -hmm. I am. Um, and when you do that, it's the best for you. It's just, mm -hmm. just like you said, as a dad, it's like, yeah. this isn't, you know, because God is self-conscious or yeah. like he wants to see his kid he's, yeah. because he knows that's best for us. And sure. so for me, following Jesus and abiding in him, mm. in him is knowing that God, the father is saying, this is what's best for you. Yeah. Mm. Oh man. I think I, so well said, well done. Um, in fact, as, as you were sharing it, it made me think a little bit about how I'm as a pastor, I'm always hearing people say how busy life is and how hard it is to prioritize time mm. alone with God in the scriptures or time in the silence. And there's all kinds of like uh, work that's been done on that lately. I think mm. John Mark's book is by far the best that I've seen in a really long time on this. So if you haven't read The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, now is a perfect time to do it, especially given the fact that we're on sort of like forced pause mm -hmm. right. uh, because of, of everything. Yeah. But I also like, as you were sharing, Cody, it reminded me that like, you guys, in particular, because of your schedule with work, with which is playing professional football, uh, would have the perfect excuse to sort of let your disciplines in the Lord slide. Because game day is Sunday, uh, you're running. We were just talking that like you play a, a play a game on Sunday night on the East Coast in right. Philadelphia. You fly home late that night, and you yeah. show up early the next morning, Monday morning, to get gearing up for the next game. Yeah. And you're nursing injuries along the way. <laughs> so like you guys, out of all of us, would have the perfect excuse to be like, huh, well, you know, I follow Jesus, but you know, August through January, yeah. it's all football, right? right. Um, but that's not your attitude at all. And I actually yeah. have seen this like through um, as we've been sort of getting to know each other over the past year like yeah. you guys take your walk with Jesus mm. really seriously and though it looks a little bit different during mm. football um, you're you're very particular and very um, yeah disciplined I guess mm. is a good word of yeah. pursuing your relationship mm. to Jesus yeah it's uh it's crazy because I actually think of it the opposite <laughs> like during the season yeah. there's yeah. so much pressure so much going on sure um, we're sure you have you don't have as much time yeah um, but you're leaning on God so much. Yeah. So like you would, you would yeah, think right. that like yeah. you have less time and right. there's no way you're spending as much time with God as you do in the off season. Mm -hmm. But the off season, I feel very comfortable. Sure. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just training every right. day. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the time when I need God the most. Yeah. Is for like, sure. God, I feel comfortable. Like I can mm -hmm. handle this right now. Right. 
I need to lean on God right now and I, and I need right. to surround myself with people mm-hmm. that are, that are going to help me do that. Cause during the season, it's easy to be in a time of God, I need you every day. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah, wake totally. up on my knees. Yeah. I'm hurting. When you have 300 pound men yeah. chasing you. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Help me block clowny <laughs> day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So during the season, it, it's honestly a time of, mm. um, intentional, uh, time with God when you're just, you're on your knees every day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then during the off season, you need to be reminded right. of that. Right. For mm. sure. So I love what you just shared, Jake, and I think the application to that would then be that, you know, the whole premise that I don't have enough time Mm. to spend with the Lord is actually the wrong way of looking at it. You don't have time to not spend Mm, time with the Lord. And, um, and that's actually, um, that's actually smarter than what I could come up with on my own. That was a Dallas Willard quote. (laughs) (laughs) He says, you don't have time not to pray. I I have to for sure give him that because um, I, I, but I found that to be so true. Mm. And then when you do have a really relaxed schedule, it's almost like you need discipline then maybe more than ever because it's easy to just go, oh, I've got all kinds of time. Oh, yeah. So being proactive is super important. Thanks for that, guys. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, being rooted and established in love. Mm. And I know that that um, was something that was really um, sticking out to us before. So could you guys kind of share with me a little bit about that, what those words mean to you and how that's significant? Yeah, this really stood out to me as I've just been... Code and I actually started reading through Matthew together. So I'm uh, studying Matthew 5 right now and just reading through this week. um, Verse 17 stood out because it's talking about being rooted and established and where Jesus is saying like, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek. And he goes down like this kind of list. And I always used to think of it as like different classifications of people. And now Mm -hmm. I understand more. It's more like different I don't want to say phases, but like kind of different steps in your walk with the Lord and how poor in spirit, it's like, okay, blessed are those who are able to recognize their need for the Mm -hmm. Lord. And then it's like, blessed are those who mourn like their sin and just brokenness. And then blessed are the meek, like those, like, it's just all of these different steps kind of that you take with God. And so to be rooted and grounded, like that's immediately what came to mind Mm -hmm. for me. Like, you have to be broken down mm. to this like foundation mm. to be established in love. Mm. And it's kind of that same thing, like to love one another, we have to recognize our need for one another too. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah, no, you said this before Sierra, which I totally loved that, that like love doesn't exist in vacuum. I'm not quoting you right, but that was the, the kind of the, I, the idea. We cannot love in isolation. Yeah. And so we really need one another. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, looking at the Trinity, like love has never existed alone. Yeah. Right. And so just to look at that, like, I don't know, that's so encouraging to yeah. me too, especially during a time like this mm-hmm. where like we're talking about, yeah, spend time alone with the Lord like that. You're never just alone. Right. Um, so yeah. And just to look at community around you and mm-hmm. acknowledge yeah. that is so important. And should we take this moment to shamelessly plug our care crews? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Sierra and I, together with some others from the Alpha Crew, have um, strategized together and launched this thing we're calling Care Crews. And um, if we don't have time to talk about it here, but please go to our website. This is about you taking ownership for the well-being of your brothers and sisters and about becoming radically present in a time where we're actually forced to stay apart. So because it's the 21st century, we actually have a lot of ways 
that we can still connect with people. So please take advantage of that. It's actually the only way that church really works, especially now more than ever. Um, we need you. We need you to step in and to practically love one another. And like the wise Sierra Hollister says, that love doesn't exist in a vacuum. So join a care crew. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Okay, verse 18. Um, this, uh, oh man, this is just so good. So let's interact with it together. That, uh, being rooted and grounded in love that you may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Man. So again, going back to the beginning of the passage, Paul is saying, hey, listen, we're about to talk about the specifics about how you really love one another well in sort of a broken world. Uh, but before we get there, I need to pray that you would even be able to have the strength when you're in your inner man from the spirit in order to understand the love of Christ, which is yeah. multidimensional. So we see here in verse 18, it's like it, how wide and long and high and deep. So talk to me about that, the, the, the multidimensional uh, aspects of the love of Christ. Yeah, we could just sit on this for hours of yeah. truly trying to comprehend. And even how Paul puts it, the strength of the spirit is needed to even try to comprehend the love of God right now. Um, and so these four aspects of one being the width of the love of God and so wide to cover your sin and everyone's sin, and, and that's uncomprehendable. Um, but I love putting it like this. I mean, especially our family, I believe, um, naturally like self-condemning. And mm. um, But mm. it took me a long time to find the truth that my own condemnation is not conviction, but really condemnation and shame. Mm. And so I thought it was actually righteous to be sitting there taking the shame as if I deserve it. And that's self-righteous in itself to say, mm. I should take mm -hmm. this just as if I could take the high seat if I did something right. And so mm. the width of God, you can just rest in the fact that it's covered you. Mm. Um, and it's actually a narrowing of God's love. If you try to say, mm. you know, I'm going to try to take this, mm. you know, take this pain or this suffering and mm. the length of, of God's love of when did God's love start for you? Jeremiah 31, mm. three says, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. You can mm. rest in that. The depth of God's love, Philippians, Two seven eight. I'm um, talking about the depth of the of the cross, and you cannot go deeper than the cross for mm. God's love for you. Come on, um, and the height of God's love. Ephesians two six um, talks about seeing us with Christ, yeah. mm -hmm. um, wow. and from dead to life, you wow. cannot get much higher than that. Wow. And so we could go. I try to make those short as I could, but yeah. we could sit on those and really stew on those and be like, man, I can't even comprehend. You know, the Lord is above time, and so before before me and with me and after me he loves me knowing i'm com committing an act mm. like he's so outside of time and the fact that he loves me mm. before i'm at where i'm at and ahead of me mm. um which is i'll never be able to i love having a god that i'll never be able to comprehend right. his love right mm. oh my gosh i love I, thank you by the way for explaining it the way that you did and it was starting to hit me all over again obviously this is a scripture i've interacted with a lot over the years because it's so important but <laughs> just understanding how the, the love of Jesus is in some ways actually s simple, like to the mm. point where my, like M Isabel, who's eight, when she was five, she trusted in Jesus and she had a very simple understanding of the mm. love of God, although it was very real. Not to say that it wasn't real, mm. it's was just simple. 
Um, but then here we are, having walked with Jesus for quite a while now, and I know people who are much, much older than me that have been following Jesus for a really long time, and they'll say the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. there's so, there's, you'll never finish exploring the love of God. It's like this vast wilderness that you just keep on discovering the different facets mm-hmm. and dimensions of just how much God's love is for you. And um, I think, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for us to really slow ourselves down. Um, Really just like as you're listening to this podcast, I really hope that you can just absorb and begin to internalize just how vast and how amazing the love of God is for you. Mm -hmm. And you may feel as though um, you are, you know, uh, alone or isolated, that you're unloved or unlovable. These are actually really common things that I hear a lot as a pastor, but I want you to know that you are loved by God. You're cherished. In fact, the scripture says that you're beloved. Like he, that's how he calls you. It's like part of your identity. It's your name. It's like how he calls you. It's like his pet name for you is you're Mm. my beloved. Um, and that's just a really beautiful thing. So I hope you sit with that today, like Cody was saying, and just really absorb and internalize that. So um, verse 19 and 20, let's take these together because um, it's, again, it's sort of the, 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 the thought is connected, um, that you would know his love that surpasses knowledge. Again, that kind of hits on what we were talking about a minute ago, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So there's some sort of connectedness between um, our understanding and experience of the love of God and uh, being filled up to the full measure of God. So talk to me about that. It kind of goes back to a little bit about the idea of the, the Christ dwelling in our hearts by faith. What, what, what does that interplay for you guys, the, the love of God, understanding the love of God and the being filled up with the measure of the fullness of God? <laughs> it's good. It's so good. Which one, which one? So, good. so good. That's um, where we're gonna start. <laughs> I think. I think uh, at least my little chime in that I had was, um, I love. I love how it said uh, to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. To go back to mm. Paul talking about the strength needed in the inner inner man. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the spirit within us, because that's. It's just funny to say to know really the unknowing of like to know the unthinkable pretty much mm-hmm. um this love that is you know that you're called to know but by not your strength um so i think that's where we can start mm-hmm. yeah so good yeah and that brings me back to like going back to verse 17 um where he points out so that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and i think that's just like we were talking about leading up to this like to be filled with the measure you have to first it's, it's through faith mm. And so um, a friend of ours was sharing a little bit this week Mm. about his story and how like mid thirties, he realized instead of, he would ask his wife to like pray for strength for him. Like that Mm. was, he felt was like the noble prayer. Mm. And then um, just as he's grown in his discipleship, discipleship to Jesus, um, it's become a prayer of like, show me my weaknesses. And like, Mm. I want it all to be through faith. Mm. And I'm like, what a beautiful understanding Mm -hmm. of like who the Lord is and who he's calling us to be. Mm. Um, and to truly grasp, Mm. like he means it when he says like his power Mm. is just like shown Mm. through our weaknesses and, um, yeah, to grasp that it's truly through faith and mm. that's yeah. how we're able to be filled to the measure mm. of the fullness of God. Like, mm. yeah, it's just a really cool image. Mm. Yeah. Is. yeah. It's been such a testament, um, in me and Cody's lives and Sierra's lives, uh, all my siblings really, 
Um, so many examples I can think of, of times where I asked for something and God blessed it even more mm. yeah. and mm-hmm. in abundance where I'm looking back and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even ask for this. Yeah, like I'm yeah, playing yeah. for the Seahawks, my hometown team. And yeah. I didn't ask for this. Like yeah, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. think it was possible. Yeah. Um, but God's done that in my life. And I've mm. just seen that over and over again, where mm. he's just such an amazing father and he loves mm. us so much that he gives us things that are just outside of our knowledge mm. and what we even know we mm. want for ourselves. Mm. <laughs> So cool. And that's, uh, that leads us perfectly. Thank you, Jake into verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all, than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Now, um, kind of a fun backstory to this verse is that this verse has had a lot of significance to me and my family personally. You guys agreed to this podcast, and I assigned this passage for us to go through together. And then I find out today as we're recording that this is actually a verse that has meant a lot to you guys and has actually been a big part of your story. So I'd love for you guys to just share a little bit about that. Like, obviously, we can get into the technical aspects of the verse, but how does this how has this verse impacted your life? Real quick, I'll let Cody go because I feel like you're the one who kind of brings this up. But like looking down at my Bible from last March 10th or wait, March 10th of 2018, Cody mm. wrote in my Bible, life verse, love bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So it's, yeah, really tried and true. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, I'd say it is a life verse. Uh, <clears throat> the Lord has just continually shown that he's done immeasurably more than we've asked or thought. I mean, in every avenue of life. Uh we were talking before this just with our mom. Um, and I, we can kind of go in depth on that, I'd say. Because uh, our mom, like we mentioned before, we have parents who love us more than you can even imagine. The Lord blessed us with mm-hmm. parents and step-parents yeah. that absolutely adore us and mm-hmm. love us. And my mom is that type of mom who looks at you and just starts crying because she loves you so much. Oh, that's <laughs> like, uh, and will just stare at you in a room and just, just say she loves you. And that's just how much she loves us. But um, we've also had a lot of struggle within our family and brokenness like every family does some thorns of alcoholism and addiction. And Mm. uh, we've seen this verse come true uh, and the promise kept uh, in my mom Mm. because we were at a time uh, where my mom had about four years of, of, you know, going downhill and she was, she was sober our entire life and um, just went through a rough patch of, I like to say external sin because Mm. with an alcoholic or any addict, it's so easy to point at them and say, Look at that sin. Yeah. And it's so easy to do that just with like casting stones. Sure. Um, but plenty of us have internal sin yeah, that yeah, you yeah. can't mm-hmm. see. That's and right. it's so much easier to point fingers when you yeah. don't have external. And so Or we can be addicted to things that are socially acceptable. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but with my mom, very external. And so went down this really sh- like what she would consider a shameful path. But this whole time we just want the love of God to touch her. And um, but honestly, a point where we thought was there was a point in time where we said and probably thought, man, this really seems hopeless. Hmm. And I never would say we gave up, but man, we were just sitting there like, man, what else is there there to do other than pray? I remember literally sitting with my guys in Arkansas, this group of men that I had a men's group with and just crying out to God and saying, God, I'm left with nothing but prayer. Hmm. And little did I know that's what I should have started with. Mm -hmm. And truly, Hmm. like when you find yourself with nothing, um, truly you have everything. Right, And so I came to this place of emptiness of saying, God, I have tried everything and truly I need you. And mm. I'm sure we were all praying for it. And long story short, we've seen our mom mm. just do a 180. The Lord used me to speak life into her mm. at Arkansas where she officially like received Jesus in her mm. heart and wow. truly followed and surrendered the Lord mm-hmm. um, and took this 180 
was not, you know, suddenly this huge switch, but truly I can tell you my mom is the same loving mother, mm. but now a mm. true Jesus follower and such mm-hmm. an encouragement to us, each mm. and every one of us, saying mm. the scripture every single day, encouraging us, and not just with words, but truly mm. how she's acting and living her life. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it's such a cool thing in just this verse. It's exactly like so much more than we could have asked for. I remember right. at that same moment of like running out of words to say, mm. and just the only prayer I'd pray was like, just bring her back. Mm-hmm. Like back was all I wanted. Mm. Um, and for him to like be writing her story now to see that like just all the love and joy that she has that's so far beyond Mm -hmm. um, what I could have ever asked for. It's just incredible. Yeah. I never thought I'd be sitting here at 26 and say that I have the best mom I've ever had Mm -hmm. at this age. And it's really true. She's the best mom we've ever had and Mm -hmm. sending so much encouragement to us Mm -hmm. every day. Like she's excited to send us stuff every day. (laughs) 10 texts a day. Calm it down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously. You're taking the podcast. (laughs) 10 is too many. (laughs) It's it's so encouraging. And, um, just see all that God's done in her life. And she's Mm -hmm. just, she's such a light to so many people now. And for so long, it's kind of like Cody touched on Mm. um, in any relationships that I've had trouble in through the years, I find myself hitting a point of, okay, God, like, yeah, I believe you can change these people, but am I willing to pray for them yet? Mm -hmm. And that's how I really know if my heart is in the right place of being willing to even accept them back. Mm -hmm. It's like, am I praying for them in the first Mm -hmm. place? Right, right. So, you know, am I still holding some Mm -hmm. of that anger there? And Mm -hmm. that's where I... that's where I found the turning oh. point with my mom mm. um, was when I started praying for her mm. where like, mm-hmm. I really do want her to come back. I want her right. to find you and I want mm. my mom back mm. rather than holding that resentment mm. there. Wow. That's amazing. No, that there's a lesson in forgiveness there that mm. I, I wish we had more time for that, but I'm so, I'm so grateful for mm. that story and for your mom even being okay with us going into that a little bit, but it's su- such a, 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 an amazing story of the redemptive power of God. And mm. um, I don't know about y- you, but I certainly, even in the line of work that I'm in, I can start to think, oh man, that marriage, ah, it's, it's too far gone. It's yeah. like, it's, it's kind of hope is lost. Mm-hmm. And in particular, one of those things happens to be when, when people are past a certain age and they're, you know, been this way their whole life, it's kind of hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. And that word is, I'm using uh, intentionally because it's here in the verse. Like, it's hard to imagine people doing a 180 and people change, really, truly changing. But your guys' story in more ways than one is a great example of what God can do when you have this faith and trust in him. And I, I joke about this because I can dream of a lot of stuff. I have a wild imagination. My family is actually tired of it at some points. <laughs> um but um, but then I read things like this and I go, okay, so God is able to do more, exceedingly more than I can ask or imagine, even more than I can dream God can do. And that's why I keep circling back to this prayer, like, God, rescue me from the from the small visions that I have of you and the limitations that I've put on you. And um, and then I look at the moment that we're in, like the, the moment of COVID-19, and a lot of people are seeing a lot of darkness, and I'm certainly seeing all of that too, and in no way am I saying I'm glad this is happening to anyone in particular because everything's sort of upended at the moment but I just I've 
I've been following the Lord and I know how he likes to work. I know how, how he likes to redeem broken things. It's so much a part of his personality and his character that he takes broken things and he uses them for good. I can only imagine a global crisis like this is one way that God is getting our attention and he's going to exceed our expectations, I believe, when it comes to awakening and revival. And this is why we as a church are, are doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on our commitment to pray. And it's, it's to pray this prayer. It's to pray this prayer of like, God, do what we can't imagine here and do the things that we feel like are outside of the realm of possibility. Um, and and so to, to finish it off, the end of this passage is, um, is to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. So basically everywhere, always God be lifted high forever and ever. Amen. So again, the idea is not that God is... Um, is like doing incredible things for our ego or for, for even you guys. I mean, you guys could take this verse and, um, and apply it in some strange ways of just like, oh yeah, it's just kind of like increasing your pro your profile or your influence or whatever. And certainly your profile and your influence has gone up a lot, especially in the last year, which is really great. You guys had these phenomenal seasons and you're doing amazing things with it, but it's really not even about you guys per se. It's about what God is doing through you and how God's going to take the beautiful and amazing things that you guys are able to do in the kingdom of God and, and like glorify himself with it. And so we, we see this as an opportunity to not just say, Hey, we want to see awesome stuff happen just for the sake of awesome stuff happening, or we want to see God move with power for our benefit or our glory. It really is all about him being lifted high and him being glorified in, Mm. in, in both on earth and in heaven forever and ever. Mm. Amen. So good. Yeah, I love just like any response of like after all the things we just read and, and the only response necessary is praising God and lifting right. your hands and saying, mm-hmm. because you try to think about any other response but that mm-hmm. and it will never earn anything. You will, yeah. You'll never earn the gift. Yeah, yeah. And so the response of just saying, God, praise you, praise you with my career, with my life, mm-hmm. with my suffering, with every avenue yeah. of life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's, I think where we, where we land. It's, it's on this idea of the response of us is first of all, is to pray, <laughs> like to take Paul's example here and to pray and to absorb and internalize the love of God. And then it's to respond through praise. Exactly. Like you said, Cody. And so praise is of course singing. And we talked a little bit about this in our other podcast that we're doing with my friend, Michael and Danny Canales from our team. But um, praise is about more than just singing, right? It's about this life of praise. So I think we should be writing all kinds of music right now. And Cody, you are doing that because on top of being a football player, you're also (laughs) a uh, songwriter. But, um, but so songs need to be written in this time to praise the Lord. But also, we recognize that our whole life is praise to God and in response to this sort of glory that Mm -hmm. he is receiving because of everything that he's doing in the world. So how is our life praise? And for you guys, how does that sort of interact with your everyday life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think when I, when I think about living and walking with an eternal purpose Mm -hmm. every day, it just, it takes all the garbage out of my life Yeah, where it's, there's not, a ton of thinking involved. It's mm. just like, all right, if I'm walking with an eternal purpose today, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to treat mm. my sister when I walk mm. outside of the room for the first time. I'm going to give her a hug, and um, I do that every day, don't I, Sierra? <laughs> 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 <That's true. laughs> no, it's not the Most case. Days. <laughs> That's not the case. But um, but yeah, it just it clears so much up for me, and I know it does for a lot of people when I take my daily pills and I get in the Word and mm. I'm. 
um, I'm exactly who God created me to be and walking mm. with an eternal purpose. Mm. Um, I just think that's a beautiful thing. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And I feel like not to oversimplify it, but mm. it's kind of hard to oversimplify because so much of it has to do with just being present mm-hmm. and like willing to experience exactly what's going on mm-hmm. right now. Like that's an act of praise that I feel like is hard to take part in today. Mm-hmm. Like we've all been talking about, it's mm-hmm. just so busy and always go, go, go. Mm-hmm. But like for me, I've just been learning more and more like praise the Lord is like recognizing like this is such a great conversation and yeah. such good coffee. And like yeah, yeah, I get sure, to listen right. and hug and like, all of these things that we just take for granted, like that's praise when you're acknowledging mm-hmm. how beautiful that is. Yeah. Wow. So good. That is amazing. Well, I think that's how we respond. I think that's how we move from this moment into the next one is we just decide in our hearts that we want to respond to God's goodness. And so we're going to have a time of prayer and then we're going to move into a moment of um, celebrating the bread and the cup. And um, we just want to actually encourage you to really participate in worship as we go from this moment to the next. But um, I want to say thank you so much to the Hollister family. Thank you, Jake, Cody, Sierra, for being a part of this conversation. It's been a huge, huge blessing. Yeah, man, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah awesome. seriously. Three of the godliest men I know. It's really, really sweet of you, Sierra, to just um, to share um, both your life with us, but then also just everything that God's doing in your guys' story. It's just really, really admirable. And um, so um, the the other thing that I would say, too, is that if you're not already following Jake and Cody's career and what they're uh, the things that they're up to, you really should. And I think an easy way to do that is just follow you guys on Instagram. I know I kind of follow you guys and see the things that you're up to day by day. And it's really cool to see how you're using the platform God's given you to leverage that for the kingdom of God and to bring him glory. You guys have done that really well, really well. So please do that. Also, keep an eye out for that podcast that's going to be released on Thursday where we get into some of the specifics about what God's been doing with them lately. Um, And so let's, yeah, let's respond, you guys, by by praying this prayer together. So um, if you're um, finding yourself in a moment of distraction, I just encourage you to put the phone away um, and just open your hands and be ready to receive from the Lord. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family and in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able, to you who are able, to do immeasurably more than we all we ask or imagine according to your power that is at work within us, to you be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Grace and peace. Love you guys.